God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Good morning, everybody. It's day 41. Welcome to our 90 day challenge. The topic is, I am not ashamed. Be careful to do what it says, then you will truly be successful. We are back in the book of Daniel. Daniel 6, 1 through 28 reads this way. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went out as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember your majesty that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order. 
And they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyprus, the Persian. And that ends our reading for today. Our topic again is I am not ashamed. I'll never forget the day I inherited the name, the nickname, God's Child. I was a high school church boy. I carried a huge Bible in my book bag that was really, really, really heavy, but I was too ashamed to kind of pull it out. So I would wait until no one was looking and I read this huge Bible in the library next to the encyclopedia section all by myself. Or I would run to the bathroom to read a quick devotional and then I'd go to my next class. No matter how much I tried to hide it, everybody knew, though, I was different. So much so that when we started a step team, we all picked nicknames for each other. Platinum Sounds was the name of our step team. When they got to me, though, everyone yelled church boy or child of God. It was quite funny until someone compared my impact on them to a popular group named Destiny's Child. And to make it unique, they remixed it to God's child. That day, I ran home. I went on AOL. Y'all remember AOL with the dial up? And if somebody got on the phone and messed up your connection, come on, y'all. Do I have any people that know about AOL? When I went to AOL, I made a screen name for myself. All of the regular spellings were taken. So I added a Z to make it unique. God's child. So there, my nickname became God's child. Little did I know that a seed was being planted. Little did I know that my mother later would decide to start my company and buy all of the paperwork in New Jersey for my business, God's Child Incorporated. All of this happened when I was 17 years old. We needed a name and she said, God's Child. 
So my first car, of course, had God's child branded on the window. And now almost 20 years later, I own a company, God's Child Productions and God's Child Publications as a vision that helps to center the voiceless and the marginalized. That name has had a special meaning to me all of my life. It perfectly describes who I am in him, and it reminds me that we are all God's children, 1 John 4 and 4. But one day, someone suggested that I change the name. They said I may not appeal to certain ethnic groups because it was too churchy and a little bit too urban. But my mother stopped me in my tracks. She reminded me of who I was and whose I was. She reminded me of the significance embedded in that name. She was so serious and so honest with me that day. And I listened to her, especially when she said, Sean, never let anyone change your name. Even if you decide to one day evolve your company into something else, make sure it is you that has made that decision and not the critique of others outside of you. In Daniel 3, we hear of three bold men who stood up for God when everyone else was bowing to a nine-story high statue made of gold. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon required that every citizen bow down to worship this statue. But these three were different. Their real names, as we learned earlier, were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But the governing rulers changed their names to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the hopes that they would forget who they were. But they did not. They instead endured harsh persecution. And even though they were in Babylon, they never let Babylon get in them. Daniel's name as well was changed to Belteshazzar. But here is what is so interesting. We typically call the three Hebrew boys by their new name, but somehow we call Daniel by his original name, the name he was given before the powers that be changed it. What does Daniel mean, you ask? Daniel's name means God is my judge. I love that. Could it be that Daniel, who in today's reading, decided to boldly proclaim his love and commitment to God by opening his window and praying unashamedly, thought not just about his witness, but could it also be that he thought about his name? Could it be that God is calling us to live out the meaning of our names? I don't know for sure, but I do know that God does all things well. Even the small things have deep meaning, in my opinion. Even though the edict created by King Darius decreed one thing, Daniel 6 and 10 says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. What if God is challenging us to go back to doing what we did before? If you woke up early to pray before, go back to it again. If you boldly proclaim God's child in high school, do it again. The Bible says that Daniel wasn't just praying words. He was asking for help. The group of men responsible for tattling on Daniel found him praying to God for help. Why? Because God was Daniel's judge, not King Darius. God was responsible for Daniel, not King Darius. And even though the group of men conspired to see Daniel defeated, God shut the mouths of the lions. And the last verse we read today says this. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. 
some of us need to do a small study on what our name means today. For some, it may have a biblical connection. For others, it may have a historical connection. If you are able to ask family and friends, find out how you got your name. Perhaps there's something God wants you to know, learn or understand about your name that will connect you to this worship thought. For others of us, we need to be clear about who God has called us to be and live out that calling unapologetically. Unless your new name has come from God, don't let anyone change you. If they change your name, they can change your purpose. If they change your purpose, they can redirect your power. All throughout the Bible, we know this to be true. Names mean something. And if God has given you the name of a book, the name of a business, the name of an idea, be mindful who you invite to your naming ceremony. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego never forgot their God. The king may have changed their name, but their purpose remained the same. And the same is true for Joseph. Joseph's brothers destroyed his coat the same way King Nebuchadnezzar changed their names. But here's the good news. The power of God is not on a coat. The power of God is on you. The power of God is in you. The power of God is in the one who called you by name before the foundation of the world. So no matter what they offer you, never, and I mean never, let anyone compromise your call, regulate your assignment, or change your name. So what is our worship work today? Daniel was clearly unashamed to proclaim God's name. And if you have a relationship with God and you're not ashamed to tell it to the world, do something today that communicates boldly your love for God. Post it the way Daniel propped himself up in prayer with an open window so that people can see you. Preach it in an uncomfortable space. Hashtag I am not ashamed and tag me. Encourage the world to try Jesus because you are not ashamed. If you're not ashamed to glorify his name, if you're not ashamed to worship him, then sing this song with us. Toby. Holy one of Israel, we proclaim
I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. 